cool. And here we are. We're live right now. So thank you, everybody, for coming back to the Bottom of the Ninth Podcast. I'm your host, Elijah, and today we have a California native, former Michigan softball player, current U-Triple-S-A, right? You play for the Pride as of now? Actually, I play with um, AU now. Athletes AU now. Okay, cool, cool. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, her name is Sierra Romero. If you have not heard of her, give her a, a nice, warm welcome. We're so happy to have you here. How are you doing today? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing all right. Like I said, we're trying to trying to stay warm out here in Texas. But so how? So you moved to Florida. What what took you to Florida? I know that's pretty new. That's pretty, uh, or at least fairly new. I'm sure you've known you were going to go there for a while. What what took you to Florida? Um, after I graduated from Michigan, I got drafted by the Pride, and so okay. that was the big push to go to Florida and live in Florida. And then I just feel like I never wanted to leave after that. Gotcha. Um, for a little while, I went and I was was in uh, Eugene, Oregon when I coached at Oregon mm-hmm. for a year and then um, quickly came right back to Florida. <laughs> just, yeah, I just, I loved it. Um, I loved Florida and just everything it has to offer. Awesome. Yeah. Cause Florida is beautiful. Florida is very nice. I have to say it's very much a vacation area. <laughs> yeah. I <laughs> feel nice. like I try to recruit people all the time. Yeah. I bet it's probably not, it's probably not too hard to get out there to convince people because you got the beach, you got everything out there. But so let's, let's start talking about your, your career and how everything kind of transpired. So you're from California. Did you, when would you start playing? When did you start playing softball? When did that whole thing start happening? I mean, if you count travel ball, I was Mm -hmm. playing when I was four or not travel ball, um, T-ball four travel ball. I started when I was eight, but I played travel ball pretty young. Um, eight years old, I was traveling with my sister and my parents doing that whole scene. Okay. But the travel organization that I was with that really helped with recruiting was um, the Orange County Botbusters. Okay. So okay, cool, I was cool. with them and, uh, you know, we did the whole tournaments, all the showcases. I did go to camps. Um, so I did all of that stuff during that recruiting process. But that travel ball team is really the one that helped me get to Michigan. See, I think that's awesome. I know like, well, so I played, obviously I played baseball my whole life and y'all softball is a much different like breed. Like they start them and y'all have girls committing in like seventh and like sixth grade. I'll do some crazy stuff. Like uh, I used to date a softball player. She played D D2 here and like some of the things, cause she used to coach as well, like over the summers and stuff. And some of the stuff I'd see, especially with like the 18 year girls who are looking to commit and stuff like they're crazy. Like y'all are nuts. Like y'all are, y'all are like traveling every single weekend to do things like it's mm-hmm. crazy. And before we, uh, before they passed the new NCAA rule, mm-hmm. there was like seventh and eighth graders committing to colleges. Yeah, yeah, that, that's what and I now used to hear. Now because yeah. of because of the rule, you can't do that now until your uh, junior year. They can't come okay. after you. So they tried to take some of the pressure off of I think the college coaches, but also mm-hmm. the athletes, yeah. which I think it ultimately helps because you know nobody's sitting here like feeling like they're behind now because they didn't yeah. get you know, a college offer at in seventh grade, which is crazy. So it is crazy. Yeah. You know, cause there was, you know, we've in like, I coach middle school and like there's girls, like, especially here at, at our company, obviously we have some, some, uh, people that work that obviously have girls that play softball and they're like, yeah, we had this girl who's like going to college camps and they're like in eighth grade. And I'm like, d- d- come on, y'all aren't ready for that. Like, let them just play, like just play the game. But do you think, and like, I guess when, when did, so when you committed, obviously you can't, you can't find that information, but did you, were you like an early commit, like at that age to like in seventh or eighth grade you were? Yeah, I committed, I committed going into my sophomore year. So technically my freshman year of high school, Okay. Um, but I got my first offer in eighth grade. 
Okay. See, that's early, but I guess when you're a freshman, I guess, you know, we, we have guys that like verbally commit in like their mm-hmm. freshman years that are just absolute studs. But do you think, and I guess this is kind of going off a little off topic, but did you, do you think that that played any, did that like give you any sort of pressure when you were playing through your high school years that you had to kind of live up to that expectation? Or was it something that it was like, okay, I'm already committed. I already have somewhere I'm going to play in college. Like I can just kind of play. Was it, was it one of those or? For me, I would probably say it probably made me relax a little bit more knowing I had okay. it already figured out. Um, right. I'm also, I feel like times have changed too with like transfer portal and everything else that there is yeah. now. So yeah, totally. back then it was like, once I committed, I knew I wasn't changing my mind. Like I was not going to entertain another school. Once I decided it was Michigan, that was it. So to me, it took a ton of pressure off because were there schools trying to get me to decommit and go somewhere else? Sure. But yeah. I was so set on Michigan I, and I knew, you know, big thing with my dad was when you give a school your word, you stick to it. You stick you to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it took a lot of pressure off me because once I made that decision, I knew there was, there was nothing else to, to look at or yeah. to, you know, experience. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, I think it just helped me focus on just playing softball and really getting rid of that pressure of getting recruited. I know some people now it's like with the new recruiting rule, a lot of the younger athletes, they're, they can't wait until, you know, it's time, September yeah. 1st of their junior year because mm-hmm. they just want to get it out the way. Yeah. And I think that I was very similar. I just, I wanted it done with and I wanted to make the right decision so then I could just play. Yeah. Yeah. That makes, that makes total sense. And I think like, I think that that's what, cause you know, you hear about guys doing it all the time, but for girls, like, especially y'all get to get it done and get it out or used to get it, get it out yeah. of the way early and y'all can play. Like for, <laughs> I know, especially for like us and like, for a lot of guys, you know, just giving like the opposite side of the spectrum is like there's dudes that that don't get recruited till their junior senior year of high, of high school to go play college, and it's like that's like some really serious pressure. They're going to like showcases and they're doing all this stuff. They have scouts coming to watch them, and like that's a lot of pressure because if you don't get it like at that moment, like it's like mm-hmm. it you might not get the chance. So I think that that's really it's really cool that you guys get that so early. Or, I, I say get it, but y'all used to get that, that perk of doing it early. Cause, and I think it's also like one of the things that boys don't really develop till they're later. So people aren't really looking mm-hmm. at them until they get to that point. But anyway, so, and well, real quick, what was, so, you know, you, you, did you go visit Michigan before, like you said, you recruited, you committed mm-hmm. pretty early. Did you go visit? Did you see it? Was there something about Michigan that just drew you? Cause you're all the way from California. So, yeah. So I, um, they asked me to go to a camp. And, um, after Michigan, I was supposed to also go to Texas and Tennessee okay. immediately after, um, mm-hmm. like the week after or something like that. But, um, I went out there, I visited, I remember it was snowing, it was cold. We Damn. did an indoor camp in their big indoor facility and yeah. I just fell in love with it. I mean, the university is beautiful. Ann Arbor is a huge college town. Mm-hmm. You know, I love football. They have the big house. It's like <laughs> yeah, they one do. of the best football stadiums. Mm-hmm. So everything about it from the staff to the athletes to academics and just the the whole look of it and the campus. I just, I was, it was weird. A lot of athletes talk about getting that feeling and just knowing when you're there. And I just felt like that was the place I was supposed to be. And um, I tried because I didn't, that was the only place I visited or talked to who didn't offer me prior. Oh, interesting. So anywhere else, um, there was other universities that offered me full rides without me ever even going to the school. Um, mm-hmm. And then the other schools, they offered me visits and full rides ahead of time. So yeah. it was really like me just seeing if I liked it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michigan was the only one who did not put an offer on the table. They just asked me to go to a camp. Gotcha. And so I don't know if I liked like 
the chase of it or what it was. I was like, why are they not offering me? What the heck? Like, I don't know what it was, but, um, I know that I had a friend who played on my travel ball team, Nicole Sappingfield, and she was already committed to Michigan and in travel ball. I really looked up to her. I thought she was just a great person, a great athlete. She did things the right way. And so I'm like, if she likes Michigan, like I got to check them out. I I need to go give them a shot. And, you know, I did my research and it seemed like a cool place. And I, I saw the staff and the staff Mm -hmm. is legendary. So, um, I took the trip and, I tried to commit right after they offered me, but yeah. um, Hutch wouldn't let me. She made me go home and <laughs> talk it, it over with my parents. Yeah, and really, yeah. yeah. So, and then after that, it was <clears throat> kind of a done deal. I, I called her, I think maybe a week or two later, if that, probably a week later. Um, and I told her I wanted to commit. And so I had to call up the other schools and told, told them I wasn't going on my visits. There you go. That's, that's crazy. Well, at least, you know, it's funny because a lot of times like colleges and I'm not going to say a lot of them do that, but they're kind of like, they want your word like immediately without you really. Mm-hmm. So it's really good that they actually made you wait and go home and talk about it. Think it over. Don't make a rash decision immediately just off the, off the cuff, just because you liked it. That was, that was really, I think that's a professional move for them to let you go and do that. Cause there's some, yeah, like I've I had, think I respected that a lot more. Mm-hmm. I feel like so, otherwise, like with other schools, I was getting kind of pushed to hurry up yeah, and give an yeah, answer. And I was like, yeah. I don't know. I don't even know if I like you guys. So. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's so true. That's so years. true. Yeah. That's like, cause I know guys that like, you know, you know, I went to Juco route. So we knew guys that were going on visits left and right all the time. And that they would be like, Hey, we need you. We need to know when you walk out this office, it's gone. Like you don't have an offer anymore. And I'm like, that's kind of like, how are you supposed to make a decision within mm-hmm. two seconds like that? That's, that's a little nuts. But so, so you commit to Michigan. It's that's out the way. How and how was I guess obviously this is kind of a dumb question because you're obviously you performed incredibly well to go out and do all the things that you've done. How were you, how would you describe your softball years of <laughs> of play? How, how did that all go down? Um, just at Michigan. No, no. So before leading up to that, because I know you played high school. So were there people still trying to get at you while you were still playing, even though you were committed? I mean, I'm sure there were. There was people trying to get me to leave Michigan when I was there. Um, So, I mean, it was I feel like it was never ending until I kind of just had to get a little bit like snippy with them. Like it's Mm -hmm. not happening. Like, don't be disrespectful kind of thing. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And so, you know, travel ball. I mean, our travel ball organization that we played on both. I mean, my sister played on it as well. Mm-hmm. We all pretty much did. Um, they have a facility. They have a great training facility. Like I would go there I'd hit, I'd field, you know, lift. I even got physical therapy done there. Like they had oh, awesome. everything for us. Wow. So it was a drive, you know, it was, a, I want to say it was about an hour, 15 hour and a half drive, but mm-hmm. um, we would make the drive and we'd work with, you know, Mike Stith a lot and, there'd be times we didn't get home till almost one in the morning and go to school the next next day. Cause that's what we had to do if we wanted yeah. those you one-on-one want lessons with him and mm-hmm. the more like, you know, advanced athletes. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's what we would do. And then we would train and, you know, I had a hitting coach out there and I had a hitting coach at home closer mm-hmm. for when yeah. I wanted to just get reps in. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, we did everything that we had to do training wise. I mean, we missed plenty of dances and <laughs> functions and family <laughs> events really, and friend yeah. events. So, mm-hmm. You know, and then I feel like that just kind of carried over into college. You know, when I got yeah. to college, it was, I already had that business mindset from travel ball because it yeah. was very similar to how college was just, we were way busier mm-hmm. in college. Right. Yeah, yeah. So it was like, I was kind of already prepped for it and knew what to expect. Now it was just like to another level, 
because yeah, you yeah. add harder academics and you add travel schedules, like crazier travel schedules mm-hmm. and more training. So um, I felt pretty prepared for that. And I feel like that's why I was able to succeed at that level. Cause to me, like I loved that it was softball 24 seven. Yeah. That grind. You know, yeah. I loved practicing. I'd loved doing all that stuff, hitting extra, having access to all the equipment and machines and just everything. You had everything mm-hmm. there. So yeah. it was really cool for me. And um, you had all the tools. I think that's what ultimately helps. I think that's where it's different as a pro. Now mm-hmm. we don't have all the tools. We don't have all the resources, um, which you would think it would only get better, but for right. softball, it gets kind of not, I don't want to say worse, but it just gets, you, you don't have the same backing as you did yeah. in college um, because, yeah. you know, season is shorter and it's typically, you know, like my AU season is in Chicago. So I'm not going to fly to Chicago every weekend to mm-hmm. get reps in. Yeah, so it's, I got to figure it out here and find someone I can either pay or someone who's allowing me to use their facility. Yeah. That's crazy. You would think like that doesn't, <laughs> yeah. we'll, we'll get into that. We'll get into that. So, so you play, you played all that when you got to Michigan and you played your first, your first season at Michigan. And I know like, obviously you were playing on a pretty high caliber college, you know, or not college team, um, travel team before you got there. And I'm sure in California, the talent is immense <laughs> compared to a lot of other places was, and it's something I asked just because, especially with people that go from playing high school and playing, you know, travel ball to going and playing, you know, in the big 10 or like in the sec, you know, we've had quite a few athletes is, was it a big jump? Was there, was there almost a culture shock in the talent or was it something that at that point, obviously you may have already been used to like playing people at this caliber? Um, I mean, definitely like the talent, right? So I got there and there was already an All-American at my spot, like the spot that I wanted. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I sure I've had to like fight for my spot and everything when it comes to travel ball, but this is different. This, Mm -hmm. these are grown women. Like (laughs) this is, you know, the person who was there was, I'm pretty sure a senior when I got Mm -hmm. there. So, you know, she was way more grown than I was. Yeah, and I'm like very much scared so. of her to an extent. <laughs> and yeah. so I don't want to piss her off or anything, but, um, you know, I, there was a spot that I wanted and I didn't know where, but I was like, I, I want to start. So mm-hmm. if in both spots that I wanted were taken by seniors. So I was like, okay, how's this going to work? Um, and I, I think like for me, it was really just showing how I could also be a utility player. Like I was willing to go to the outfield and yeah. wherever I needed to go to just start and play, even if it was a new position. Um, and I think that's something that really caught like the coach's eye. And, um, you know, I remember she would be like, all right, you know, Sierra, go to go to second. And I would kind of take reps at second and then I would somehow mm-hmm. manage to creep over to shortstop and then I'd be at shortstop, you know, <laughs> yeah, taking yeah. reps and just trying to show off my talent. And um, I really do think though, that like the level of play only advanced when I got to college because you're Mm -hmm. around really good athletes that were just as determined as you are. Mm Because in travel, I'm not saying there's less of them, but there's very few people that are at that caliber to play at that like elite level that have that Mm -hmm. mindset. And so when I was there at Michigan, I mean, every single day I, I felt like I was being tested. And every single day I wanted to perform and I'd be mentally drained at the end of the day because physically I was giving everything at practice to try to earn my spot. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I really just think that that environment though, like it makes or breaks you, it's going to show how good you really are or how much work you need to put in to get to that level. And then it's kind of up to you. Like, are you going to do what it takes? And then, um, that's kind of how people either move forward or they kind of just stay still and they don't really go anywhere. 
So yeah. I definitely think that that environment for me, like I like that type of yeah, yeah. environment. Like it's the same when it comes to like when I work with sponsors, like mm -hmm. I like the environment where they ask me questions. They want to test me. They want to like push me to get more information. Yeah, I do better with those kind of sponsors because I'm more invested and I want to help as yeah. opposed to the ones that are like, here's a check, post this, write yeah. this. I'm like, that's boring. It's no fun. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> not. That's not. That, that's not what like That's not what gets you going, right? That's like, no. yeah, whatever. So, but so the, the cool thing about all that, like you said, that environment you had been. So, like I was going to ask about the travel because a lot of times people like the traveling in, in D1, especially when you're flying and going all over the place. Like I had a buddy of mine who went big D1. He's from a small country town, and he was like, that was probably the biggest adjustment for me. It was just going everywhere because like some of these country kids, like especially down in Texas, like they don't fly, they don't go on a lot of vacations, especially like in East Texas, like very much homebodies. So. The traveling around, you know, like you said, you were driving hour, an hour, an hour and a half to to that facility all the time. So I'm sure the traveling and coming back and having to wake up, go to school, you've pretty much emulated the student athlete grind since you were like a, in your youth ages, right? Like you, yeah. you were used to like going to class, coming home, working out, doing maybe early mornings, late night. So you're already used to that. That and that in itself is normally like that was a shock to me when I went to college. Like I remember like getting home from a from a from a road trip on a Sunday at like four in the morning. And then it's like, all right, you got class at 9 a.m. You better be up. You better be there. Like, we're going to do room. We're going to do class checks. I'm like, like, how are you supposed to do that? So that's that. And I, I mean, I'm sure you saw a lot of teammates struggle with that. Do you see that as a as a big make or break moment, especially when season comes? Because the fall is never that bad. It's the spring that really gets you. Yeah. And, and I think the travel is still hard for me. Um, the travel for Michigan in general is tough because right. the, think about like, for example, like every year when this season starts for Michigan in a couple of weeks, whenever mm -hmm. it is, um, they're going to be on the road the first I was about to say few that, yeah. months. Yeah. Like they, they yeah. can't play at home. Mm -hmm. So we were always in Florida. We were in Florida. We were in California and that California trip always sucks because of the time change yeah. and then having to come back and readjust, but only readjust yeah. for three days, four days. And then, and you then you're gone again. again. So, you know, you're constantly getting used to different time zones. Um, so, for me, though, the travel was hard only because you had to add academics. Mm -hmm. High school yeah. academics were a lot easier for me than college oh, academics. Yeah. As like, it should be. High, yeah. Like <laughs> yeah. high school was like to me, high school was a breeze. Like, you know, yeah, I had to study and all that stuff. But like at Michigan, like Michigan academics were another no level. Joke. Like yeah, I, needed, no like, I needed tutoring. I needed extra help. I needed help mm -hmm. planning because you know, I wanted to be an All-American and an elite athlete. Yeah. So then I'd spend so much time at the softball field. I needed more time with my studies. So I had to find like that mentor to really help me, coach me through that part. And when yeah. you added travel to that, I was like, man, this is tough. It's a so, lot. Yeah. I mean, it, it was a lot, but I, in a sense, was somewhat used to it. But at the same time, I, I was not. You I were... had to still <laughs> figure out my own yeah. little routine because it was yeah. different. It was a lot more. Yeah, I get that. I mean, that's and that's something that I think a lot of people don't look at is like they they see, especially going into the recruiting process and like looking at schools and like they see like, oh, big times, you know, university, but they don't really sit back and look, OK, like, yeah, the field's great. I love to play. I love all that. But it's like going into the classroom setting. It's like some students don't really thrive. And I was one of those kids who was like, I just don't thrive in, a, in an auditorium with a thousand other students. 
and we're all learning the same thing. It's like sometimes you need a little bit more of a change. Do you think that the classroom setting was hard? Because did you go? To, you went to public school, right? Public high school, I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. So you're used to already big classes. Like for me, public school kid or private school kid, you know, going to, um, you know, we had 15, 20 people in a class at one time in high school. To when I went to my first D1 school, it was like there's. 60 of us in, a, in an auditorium and I was like really thrown back. Did that have any shock to you at all? Or was it just the level of, of academics and how, because Michigan's a great school. I mean, it's known mm-hmm. to be a great school. So I didn't know if it was the curriculum that was harder or was it just the overall experience of college was, was the hard part. The classes itself were harder for sure. Okay. But I did notice that I did a lot better in the smaller classes as opposed to my classes that had over a hundred kids in them mm-hmm. because at that point, it's on you. I mean, yes, you can go to office hours, but it's really hard to create any type of relationship with your professor yeah, when yeah. there's a hundred kids possibly going in for office at the hours. Sa- at the same time, yeah. Right. So whenever I was in a, a smaller class, like it was more intimate. I could actually go create a relationship and also being a student athlete, like I could give them the heads up, like, Hey, I'm going to be gone for a week. How do mm-hmm. we work on this? Whereas yeah. a professor who, has a hundred other kids to worry about. They're kind of like, you got to figure it out and make yeah. a friend in class who's going to give you notes. And I'm like, <laughs> wow, thank you. I don't know anybody <laughs> in this class. So yeah, seriously. It's not like they didn't work with you. They did, but right. you didn't want to, you know, you didn't want to make the professor mad. It was mm-hmm. already a hard class and you felt bad because you had to miss for travel, but mm-hmm. there was nothing you could do. Yeah. So, you know, I definitely noticed I did better though in smaller classes. Yeah. <clears throat> so, uh, breaking away from academics, getting into your place. So your first year, your your first year, where did you, so, well, so your first fall and going into the season, I know you said you tried to make yourself as expendable as possible. You were trying to get in as many positions just to show that you were that utility player, you were a team player, which is a huge deal, especially for any freshman going to school that may have a position that they're super comfortable at, but it's already taken by someone who's already put in the time to be there. Um, what would you say, or where, where did you start actually? Because you said short was taken. You said you were taking some reps at second base and you'd make your way over. Where did you end up starting that your freshman year? Shortstop. So shortstop. I oh, so starting... you won the, the spot. There you go. So That's, I started yeah. at shortstop and um, I ended up actually transitioning to second base the second half of my sophomore year. Okay. Um, I had an arm injury. So mm. coming to find out like later on, like it hurt, but like I didn't really want to get it checked out, um, yeah. but it was a torn labrum and I didn't know. Dang. And so I was just doing a lot of PT. Um, I was still able to play and do everything. So I just thought I was fine. Um, yeah. so I just did a lot of physical therapy on it. And I found out after the fact, because like way later I went and got the, oh, um, yeah. the MRI. scan and yeah. it was like, you could see all the cartilage buildup. So it was mm. like, that's what was helping me with yeah. all the cartilage buildup. Scar tissue. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, my big thing, though, was I rem- I'll never forget this because I know we were playing Alabama. So mm-hmm. my sophomore year, I was at shortstop. Abby Ramirez was at second base. And I was struggling my sophomore year. And I wasn't struggling fielding. I was struggling throwing. Oh. So I had a ton of errors. And they were all on throws. All throws. Because I was trying to throw harder and further. And couldn't but I get had, it there. I couldn't, and I couldn't feel my arm. like So I would be throwing sometimes. And I couldn't like feel like really where I was trying to throw to. I knew the general area, but it wouldn't go where I wanted it. Holy crap. And so we were playing Alabama and Alabama was really highly ranked. And I was like, (laughs) we like, we're going to, we want to win this game. I remember we were at Alabama and I remember telling Hutch, like, 
can I go to second base and Abby go to shortstop? And she was like, Dang. what? And I was like, I don't want to be the reason we lose today. Like, wow. I, I know I can make the throw from second. I just, I don't trust my arm right now at shortstop. She's like, well, you guys haven't been practicing there. I was like, I can play second. We'll and make it work. Abby's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like Abby's elite. She can play short. Like I know she's going to be fine. So I remember talking to Abby and I'm like, if we do this, like, are you comfortable? And she was like, yeah, like I used to play shortstop all the time. So I was like, absolutely. Perfect. Like, yeah. Perfect. Fit. So like, let's do yeah. this. And then it ended, we won that game and mm-hmm. it was awesome. Abby had amazing plays at shortstop. Like she killed it. And then I remember looking at Hutch and I was like, let's keep it. Let's just keep this the or, way like, it goes. Let's yeah. just not change it. Like, this is great. Yeah. Like Abby's <laughs> killing it. Like, I don't mind second base. Like, Let's just switch it. So we switched it. And then from then on, I was a second baseman at Michigan. Awesome. That's so that's like, that's major respect to you for taking that initiative. Cause there's some people that like, especially like at big schools, there's a lot of big, per- <laughs> big personalities that would be like, this is my spot. I'm not letting anyone take it. But the fact that you were able to make that sacrifice for the team is like, that's huge. I think a lot of people need to hear that story because that's big. Cause there's some I people that will. Yeah, that's that's the, and, but like that's the core goal, right? Of any team is like let's let's do it all together, like let's make it all work. Because if you have one weak link, it could take it all down in one go. But that's funny that you say that. You know, the amount of people that I've like myself included that'll play through injury to like their detriment, like that's insane. You couldn't feel your arm when you were still playing. That is that is nuts. That is insane. Because we we're talking. Yeah, you know, I had a lot of arm issues. They they tested me for like I think it was called um thoracic outlet. So like if your oh, arm yeah, is yeah. above like. Mm-hmm. So when they did the test, um, my, what was it like the heart rate or whatever, it did go down a little bit once my arm was above my head. So that's where the numbness was coming from. Um, but usually there's like a surgery for it. Um, but they told me that I, the type that I had, I didn't need surgery because it wasn't the type that was stopping blood to the heart. Mm. It was stopping blood to like my hand and my arm. To your extremities. Yeah. Yeah. So if it was coming, if it was stopping the blood to my heart, that's more dangerous. They want to make sure that's not happening, obviously. Yeah. Um, But they did the test on me and they said that that wasn't the case. So I didn't need surgery. Um, And I didn't want to do labrum surgery because it doesn't hurt that bad. Like, I'm good. Yeah. Well, that's like, so labrum is scary. Like, was it a slap tear or was it like when obviously it's hard because I know you said you didn't get it the check till like way later down the line. I believe it was a slap tear, and then I also had a little bit of a tear in my rotator cuff. So your shoulder is is beat up pretty bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Yeah. That's insane. But you played through it, and you made it work. Okay. So it's funny that you say that you struggled, because it's hard to think that you struggled the, your first and second year, because your first year was 13, right? Or was it, yeah, 2013? Uh, yes. So you were actually, yes. so you were a Big Ten player of the year, 13 and 14. So you say you struggled. I'm kind of like, did, but did you really? <laughs> did you really? I was, I was actually a big time player of the year three years. There's only one yeah, year you I were, didn't get it. Yeah, so you were 13, 14, and 16. Yeah. 16, okay. Yeah. I don't remember what year it was. I didn't get it. Yeah, you were I 13, 14. I lost 14. it to Sarah Grunewagen, though. Mm. And where was she at? Was she at Michigan, too? No, she was somewhere else. She was in Minnesota. Minnesota, ooh. Pitcher. Was she also short? Oh, she was pitcher. Okay. All right, that makes sense. So 13, 14, you had a hell of – you had – awesome years do you think what and what was kind of the attribute to that were you hitting the ball well were you just like because there's always those seasons where people were like the ball and obviously it, i use a lot of baseball references so it's like oh the ball looked like a beach ball and i was just smashing softballs are a lot bigger but i guess the same analogy can be used were you just like seeing the ball perfectly well everything was just flowing right how, how would you describe those two seasons because obviously to get you know player of the year in a conference is a big 
that's a big accomplishment in the big 10 it's an even bigger accomplishment with how immense the talent is in that conference. So how, what would you describe was that season? What really worked for you? Was it the teammates? Was it just everything involved in one? How did that go? Um, it was everything. I mean, my freshman year, I felt like my freshman year was easy. Like I don't feel pressure very often. Yeah. It doesn't mean I don't get anxious or whatever, but like I really enjoy pressure. Mm-hmm. Like I love proving somebody wrong. I love, you know, having all eyes on me and somebody yeah. expecting me to perform, even if I don't like, I just yeah. I like that. The, the you know, thrill, yeah. Rush yeah. Of it. And, um, my freshman year, I'm like, there's no expectation. Like, mm-hmm. like if anything, they expect me to not play well. I'm a right. Freshman. Yeah. So like, just so go out there and room. yeah. So, and nobody knew me. Like, I mean, I was a top ranked, like at a high school athlete, but nobody mm-hmm. knew me. Nobody knew what I was going to do. So, I was like, whatever, I'm just going to play, played mm-hmm. really well. Um, my teammates were awesome. My coaching staff was awesome. I felt very prepared physically, mentally, everything. Yeah. Um, the hardest year I thought would be my sophomore year. Just Why is that? Everybody now had video on me. Mm. So, so they knew how to pitch you. They knew where to, right. yeah. Mm-hmm. They were going to, they were going to study. They were going to have film on me. And so mm-hmm. in my off season, I made sure to work on all the things I struggled on. So I made sure that everything that was hard or tough for me to do, it went from a weakness to a strength. Yeah. And so at the same time, I still worked on my strengths and tried to make those even, even stronger. <clears throat> so then my sophomore year ended up being really good too. And I was like, I think I got like a system going. Like, I think yeah. I understand this. And I want to say my junior year, if I remember correctly, I, I really didn't know what to work on. Like mm-hmm. hitting did feel like, everything was coming in at a beach ball. (laughs) There was a lot of times where I could tell and read what people were going to throw to me. Um, That's awesome. I, I, you know, I could, I'd be like, okay, a change up is coming right now. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's why I had, you know, so many grand slams and I have the grand slam record was because Mm -hmm. in those moments, I'm like, what do they think they're going to be able to get me out on? Because, Mm -hmm. and I was usually right with what I thought was coming. Right. And so, you know, I think me just being able to read pitchers, but also read how coaches were throwing to me mm-hmm. um, because they were typically the ones calling the pitches. Right. Um, I was able to figure out their rhythm and their system with what they were doing when I was up to hit by watching how they were throwing to other athletes, but also how they throw them to me every year. Because um, at some point they're going to not fi- they're not going to know how to throw to me. So they're right. going to go back to what they always do. And yeah, so yeah. I felt like I knew I knew those sequences pretty well. And so. um I think like the big thing for me was the year that Hutch told me we do like end of the year meetings every yeah, year. Yeah. Uh-huh. And the big Ex- thing she meetings. always, yeah. The big thing she would always tell me was like, I don't need you to get any better. I just need you to become a better leader. And I was like, okay, so like, how do I do that? I don't like, what do I do? That's like, new, right? It's new to you. Right. Yeah. And so she was like, you know, I always see you in here working extra, but you're always by yourself. Like mm-hmm. start bringing people in, like, try coaching people up. And I was like coaching people up. Like it wasn't that I didn't want to do that. I think I just was nervous too, because I didn't want anyone to think that like I was saying that they weren't good enough. Right, like here yeah. I am trying to coach and I'm not mm-hmm. a coach. Right. And so I just really didn't want to step on anyone's toes. Mm-hmm. And so I tried that. It was great. You know, more and more girls started to hit with me and work with me. And, um, that year I remember like my biggest thing that Hutch would always test me on was my leadership. And then, she would also challenge me to hit balls. So mm-hmm. nothing in the strike zone. I would have to hit everything out the strike zone. 
So I have to hear, okay, that's, that's, that's different. I've never heard that before. What was the reasoning behind that? I was getting walked almost every at bat. Mm, That that makes Um, more sense. (laughs) So we were trying to figure out a lineup that could protect me, um, Mm -hmm. but also give us opportunity at the same time. And so if I did get walked, they were going to be met with either it was going to, usually if the person after me was either, um, was it? Caitlin or Katie Krishner. It was always mm-hmm. one of them too, I believe, because she graduated okay. and then Katie took over in that spot. Okay. Um, so it was always one of them and they were both power hitters. Mm-hmm. So if you didn't pitch to me, you got them and now I'm right. on base. And usually yeah. in the one hole with CeeLo, Sierra mm-hmm. Lawrence was usually in the one hole, super fast. She'd get on, she'd steal. Mm-hmm. Then I'd have a runner in scoring position and then I would try to hit them yeah. in or yeah. get walked and the person behind me would do it. Yeah. Um, so she would always have me work on hitting pitches out of the zone, like to the point where she'd be throwing me front toss. And if it mm-hmm. was like down the middle, like, yes, I could swing sometimes, but there was mm-hmm. other times where she would purposely throw the ball poorly to see yeah, if I could hit to see it. If you could hit it. Um, and I would basically test myself. How far can I chase and get a hit? Mm-hmm. How far can I chase side to side and up and down? Right. And so I knew my limit on this is too high and this is too low. This is too in and this is too out. And right. so when I would practice that in a game, like there's some pitches that you would watch me hit and the pitcher and the coach would be like, yeah, they'd be like, I don't know. Yeah. That was a ball. Like she shouldn't hit that. So it's the same, like my, my favorite one to look at that my dad always shows me is um, the home run or the grand slam to break the NCAA record. It was Mm -hmm. almost in the dirt. It was a, it was a change up. It was a change up like below my knees. And I just like went down and and I hit it over the center field fence. Wow. And so it was just like, I was so used to doing that all the time that mm-hmm. when I it became saw normal. That pitch, yeah. It, my first like instinct wasn't to let that go. Mm-hmm. It was like, I can hit this. Mm-hmm. And so I went for it. And so I think that year took me to even another level because now coaches, if they really wanted to pitch around me, it had to be far. Yeah. I remember I would get walked and there'd be some pitches close and I'd almost like be getting ready to go. Like, and yeah. The coach mm-hmm. is like, girls like further further away like because i was i was Man, looking to walk yeah yeah you're looking to hit at any like by any means obviously with your training it's by any means necessary you're gonna hit that's crazy i feel like but like was there like a like i know you said you were testing your limits out in up down was there like was there it's funny because there's got to be a fine line of where like okay i can still do something with this pitch i can still do something outside i can maybe slap it the other way i could like really turn on something was there a fine line over like okay this is maybe too far what what was the what was the drawing lineup like was it the barrel can't reach that far was it like i really can't muscle anything out of that pitch was it like too high i'm gonna pop it straight up too low i have to golf pop it up or go straight into the ground what was, was the the line for that where can i be the most consistent so okay. There was, I I really think I can hit just about anything, but Mm -hmm. it was where am I consistently on time? Because if I'm chasing a pitch really far away, like I'm going to have to let that pitch get deeper and I'm going to have to be in sync and more on time for a ball outside than I would for a strike on the outside half. So if I can at least consistently get there and be on time to hit it well, then I know Mm -hmm. that I can hit that pitch. If I can't go further Mm -hmm. than wherever that line is, then at that point, maybe it's all arms, butts out because I can't reach. I know that's not my, that's not my pitch. Yeah. I could probably hit it and put yeah, it in play, contact, yeah. but I'm, I'm not going to hit it well. I'm going to get right. myself out. And okay. so I had to find, and so for me, it was all about timing. Can I still be on time and in sync for this ball, even though it's not a strike? 
and I would basically push myself to try to hit further away in up and down. And then I would just find my limit there. And then when we did live off of our pictures, I would test it out there too. And sometimes that was frustrating (laughs) because they get me out and I'm like, Ooh, you didn't get me out. I was testing something. Like yeah. I wasn't. Yeah, don't like, worry. Yeah, I get so like I get so mad. I would get so mad because I hate getting out off our pictures. And, yeah. Because we love to challenge each other. Yeah. So I'd be like, dang, I was trying to see how far I could go. But <laughs> it was always it's, fun. It's one of those deals. So okay, so I know you brought up the home run, the grand slam record. How did you know when you hit it that you broke the record? Were you in tune with those stats or was that something you kind of just like, I'm not worried about it. I'm, I'm just going to play my game. Cause I know that sometimes that does affect like, especially like any big leaders that are going for these records. Like you see like this past year was judge and you went through like a cold streak right before he hit that number 62. Was it one of those things where it was like, I want nothing to know about the stats and they were kind of just updating it on its own in this in the corner over there. Or was it something that you were, you were mindful of while you were playing? Um, I never knew my stats. Okay, good. Um, my parents, my dad would always try to send them to me and there were times (laughs) where he would screenshot it and send it and be like, Oh my God, you're hitting this. You have this many home runs or whatever. And I'd be like, dad, stop sending that to me. I don't want to see it. Mm -hmm. Um, and at Michigan, they actually used to, I remember they would print off like after our first week or two, like letting us know what our stats were. I never looked at it. They would like print it off and give it to us. And I would immediately trash it. Like I don't want to see it. I don't, I don't care. Um, if I feel like I'm playing well and my swing feels good, that's the only thing that matters. I could be hitting 200 and if my swing feels good, I'm sticking with it because something is going to come out of it. Mm -hmm. Like even if I'm not playing well. So I I feel like I just bet on myself a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, just because I feel like if you know what you're capable of and you test yourself in a lot of different ways, like you can get there again, but the second you start to throw in numbers and records, Mm -hmm. like I'm pretty sure I knew the grand slam record was a thing only because after watching back games, commentators would talk about They'd it. They'd say it, yeah. Yeah, but since I didn't pay attention to my stats, like I would forget how many home runs I had. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, you know what I mean? It wasn't like I knew. Like I knew yeah. it was up there, but I'd be like, I don't even know what I'm at right now. Like so, <laughs> I could be breaking it soon, but I wasn't sure. Yeah, that I think that's that's good. I think that's a, probably the best <laughs> route to go because I mean, the minute you start analyzing it, and the minute you're like, oh, I'm like one away, then you start trying for it. You start really, you know, forcing things that shouldn't be forced, and especially at bats. I think that's probably was probably your best route to go. But I think that's also probably what made you play better was that you weren't focused on the numbers. You weren't focused on, you know, fielding attempts. You weren't focused on batting average. You were just playing at the, at, to your best of your ability to perform, mm-hmm. to win. Right. That's, and I think that's, what's most important. I think when, when numbers get thrown in there, when records and all that stuff, records and breaking records are, it's a phenomenal feat, but I think that kind of takes away from the play and the talent 100%. It Definitely. just gets in your head. Um, so you play your first, your first two years. What, so in 2015, I know you say you lost it to the the girl from Michigan. Um, was that year any different or what did she just, she just had it. That was just her year. Or was it like, did, did you kind of have maybe an off year? Cause if, you know, four years in college, you know, people go through, I mean, everyone goes through ups and downs. It's, it's, you're growing as a person, as a human, as, as an individual, you know, you're going through life changes, you're, you're growing up, you're playing softball. Was, was it kind of one of those things where it was like a down year? It just didn't, you didn't have the, the same you know, I don't know this because obviously you performed well all four years. There's no question. Was it just maybe a down year from those other years or what happened that year? No, I played really well that year. Yeah. I, hit, I think I hit almost, I probably hit like almost 500. Um, like I, I was, I did really well. So, um, oh there was nothing more I could do. It was one of those things where she was a pitcher and a hitter. Mm, and oh, so she went both ways. 
So, you know, her hitting was good. It wasn't better than mine, but I don't pitch. So because she had that extra thing. Yeah. Yeah. And that year our pitcher won Michigan's pitcher, won pitcher of the year. So it was between her and I for player and she got player. So So you didn't know, never thinking about pitching though. You could, you didn't think about it. Well, if she pitches and she's going to win, can I do it? Have you like, ever, did you pitch ever in your life? Have you, I mean, obviously, I think like you probably did when you were eight. younger. Yeah, when you were yeah, younger. Like yeah, like when I was little, little. Just not your thing? Mm-mm, not at all. <laughs> not at all? Oh, oh well. <laughs> but, yeah, I was like, well, maybe maybe if you thought about it, you could throw yourself in there and just see what you could get. But I don't yeah, know. Y'all, I, it was softball tough, pitching. It was like, I wanted it, but I, then I was like, I mean, I don't pitch. So if they're counting the fact yeah, that she no. pitches, like, I mean, she did really good pitching that mm-hmm. year. Yeah. It was between her and our pitcher. Michigan and Minnesota, and I yeah. mean, since our pitcher won it, then then it was like, okay, well then it'll be between her and Sierra for the player yeah, there. And yeah. I was like, well, I do, <laughs> you know, defense and pitching. So yeah, you do what you I'm do. Not pitching, I mean, defense and hitting. Yeah, yeah, that's your that's your specialty. I think that's, you know, that was the whole thing. I, I always talk about baseball, but it's like you see the same thing with Otani. You know, that guy throws and hits and pays first to ever do it. He's legendary. But that's you know, people are like, oh, he shouldn't get MVP because it's not great to everybody else. Blah blah blah. So I can see the frustration in you for that specific thing. That's kind of crappy. I think it's like, well, but who actually played better? Who actually had the better play? Probably you. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I guess we'll never know. <laughs> so so as you get into your, your junior and senior year you know I, and this is something that's really new you know we've only had one other softball player the second softball player on our podcast so that's really cool um pro ball let's talk about pro ball how is that you know was that always like as you grow up obviously everyone's like i wish i want to play pro baseball softball football that's like the goal for a lot of athletes was that your goal moving forward like from a young age like i'm gonna play pro softball or was it like i uh, know um Growing up, that was never a thing. So, like, okay. that's where it's a little bit different for boys and girls. Like, mm-hmm. guys playing high school and t-ball, they're all like, I want to get drafted out of high school. I want to, yeah. you know, go first round, million, mm-hmm. multi-million dollar contract. That's not in the cards for us. Yeah. So, you have to think, for us, we have to think, I want to get my college paid for. Yes. I mm-hmm. want to get a degree. Mm-hmm. So, we have to think more academically and experience than professional. Yeah. Playing professional softball was never a thought in my head until I got to college um, mm-hmm. because that's when they approached me. But to me, I'm also a very realistic businesswoman, and my dad mm-hmm. really pushes that on me. So I'm yeah. like, well, why would I play pro softball if I could get a normal job and make more money? And yeah. so, you know, and I'm all about supporting myself and everything else. Like, I didn't want to rely on my parents. Yeah, so absolutely. Of course. For me, I, I didn't know what I was going to do. Um, I didn't know if I was going to play pro or if I was going to just try to find a job afterwards. Like, I didn't know what my thing would be. But um, that's where the big difference is. I definitely wanted to play, like, on the national team. That was always, like, yeah. the dream. I think when you're little, your thought is, I want to play on Team USA. Like, I want to play on a national team. Yeah. Go to Olympics or something like that. But even softball is not always in the Olympics. It's in and out. It's always, you never know yeah. if it's going to be in or out. So, you're constantly <coughs> waiting on that. But, um in college, I was um, told that there was a couple, you know, pro leagues that were or teams that were interested in me. And at the time, I want to say there was like five or six teams in the pro league um, at that time. That's not the mm-hmm. case anymore. But, um, you know, I knew that once I graduated, I wanted to hear them out and mm-hmm. see who yeah. could offer me and what that looked like. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I figured, you know what, for this amount, like, I'd be willing to do it for a year or two and try it, try out, it out and see what mm-hmm. it's like. And just so I could play softball a little bit longer. And then um, I ended up doing it and then have been playing ever since. So just with different teams. 
Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's just, it's a different thought process. Cause you know, I, my brother just went first round. I know. I was going to bring draft. him up later. Yeah. So that's it's like, I get to see the difference in mm-hmm. realities when it comes, you know what I mean? Like I've been playing yeah. for softball forever and he made more money than me just in his sign, him signing an autograph than I will ever. That's, so it's I tough. Be, I have major like, beef with that. I have major beef with it. To it's, be honest yeah, with you. it's rough. It's tough. Not, it's not cool. <laughs> and he's 18. So I'm like, yeah, I know. Mm, right? I'm 28. <laughs> well, it's funny. Cause I was looking you up and I was like, you know, cause I like to make sure I have like at least your stats and to see exactly what you've done. That's why I was like, you have so many accolades and awards. I'm just like, Oh my God, I can't even get through all these. <laughs> but, um, I was just like looking and I was like, your sister plays, played D one as well. Your sister, I actually <laughs> messaged her to have her on. She hasn't gotten back to me. So she should get on for that. Um, and then I saw your brother got drafted and I looked at film on your brother. Your brother is a stud. Oh my yeah, gosh. He is really good. That's all I was like. First mm-hmm. round, very much deserved, very much that makes plenty of sense. He's good. Um, so actually, you know, we talk about pro softball, you know, I, I am a huge advocate. I watch the college world, the women's world series every year college. Cause it's just, it's so fast paced and it's so entertaining to watch. <clears throat> I think this past year y'all broke some, some records. I think that y'all were like one of the most watched ESPN events like mm-hmm. that, like in the last couple of years. And that's like, if like, and that's what I just, and like, I guess this may be like way off topic. I don't know, but like, how can that be? How can you sit here and like see that there's so much attention? The the women's college world series draws so many people. Like you look at the stands because it's an OU, it's at OU every year, isn't it? In Oklahoma, it's at um, it's in Oklahoma. It's not at OU. But it's in but Oklahoma. It's, it's at not at OU. OU. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm kind of like, like, if so many people are coming, like the stand, you see the stands are packed. It's it's screaming loud. Like there's people with standing room behind the stands. Like it's such a massive event, and you're kind of like, yo, if there's so much buzz and so much excitement over this like week long affair. Why would you not put more effort and and stuff into pro softball? Because it's the same mm-hmm. thing. Like these are the best of the like, and that's like I forgot who I was talking to, man. Um, like last year when the college series was happening, it was like this is basically like pro softball. This is this is like the biggest event for some of these girls. Like this is the World Series of like everything for them. Do you think that's that to be true? Definitely. Um, yeah. And I feel like you kind of like hit the nail on the head. Like at the end of the day, it comes down to effort. Mm-hmm. Um, it comes down to people needing to put their egos aside. It comes down to like the people with money needing to put yeah. their egos aside. Yeah. Um, and people being fully committed. Um, mm-hmm. You cannot keep on using professional softball players the way that you do. Sponsors no. do it. The leagues do it. Um, some do it more than others. Um, at some point, something's got to give. And mm-hmm. what's going to end up happening is you have athletes that will just leave. You know, they get tired mm-hmm. of it. They're like, "There's this isn't going to change while I'm around, so I'm just going to dip. I'm done See, dealing it sucks, with it. Man, yeah. And so there's so many athletes that retire early because they're like, this isn't enough money. And I don't well, Yeah, I can see correctly. it. Yeah, yeah, I can like, see that from If you're a... not getting paid and you're getting treated like crap, what's, well, why do you do it? Oh, man, it's At some point, I... the love of the game isn't enough. It's not enough, you can't yeah. Just, you can't just love it and be treated a certain way. So, no. and I think that, you know, it's tough because especially for pro now, like with NIL in colleges, like, you know, a lot of sponsors are going to go for the college mm-hmm. girls because they can. Mm-hmm. And I should, I wish I was in college when, when, this when all was this was happening, I yeah. made some money. Dude, seriously. But, um, yeah. You know, I, I wasn't, and that's just the reality of it. So now I have to try to change pro softball and make mm-hmm. sure that they're treated better. They're paid and compensated for their work. And it's just that right now I know that college softball is seen as like, 
the highest point and that's got to change because that's mm-hmm. the case for baseball. It's not the case, no. Um, like not even close, but it's going to take somebody really investing, but investing and doing things the right way. It's one mm-hmm. thing if you, like there's people that invest money, but they don't do things the right way. So that's why mm-hmm. softball just keeps going in a circle. This like is the end of cycle, changing. yeah. You know, you might be investing, you know, 500000 a million dollars, whatever it is you're investing, like, and that's your cap. Which mm-hmm. is insane, right? For a professional sport. Well, yeah. Like, it's, that's it's, how, what are the what are the players' salaries look like then? Little to nothing. Dude, you got so, yeah, that's like a that's a drop in the bucket to what they pay it, some some baseball players. Exactly. Like it's stupid. Yeah. That's like the base for if a guy makes it to the MLB, it's like five hundred thousand. <laughs> yeah, so dude, that's insane. It's like that's and that's our cap. So it's just like I think that the big thing is getting the right people investing and doing things the right way and um the people who've gotten the closest to doing it is as of right now is athletes unlimited. Um, do I think that there's room to grow and to, to change sure is, yeah. stuff? Like, absolutely. But as far as like the visibility um, and the treatment of athletes, like this is as yeah. close to as being at Michigan that I have felt since mm-hmm. being a pro. And that's something that I just appreciate a lot. Yeah, absolutely. It makes softball fun again and it makes playing something that you want to do every single day. I used and it's to, exciting. You know, yeah, exactly. Like you, you don't want an athlete to hate going out to the field every day because <laughs> yeah. of how they're being treated or what they have to deal with on the side. Like their job is to go and, you know, work their body out to whatever level they can get mm-hmm. the most out of them and have them do that every single day. And it's a lot harder to do that mentally and physically if you don't like the environment that you're in. Right. Yeah. No, that makes that's I think I don't think you could have put that any better because it's like. If you're dealing with all kinds of crap on the outside, you're not, you know, you have, you know, not, I'm not saying you specifically, but I'm sure there are girls who are struggling financially to play. I mean, you see that with minor league guys all the time. That's another, that's mm-hmm. a whole nother thing. But for you guys, especially like you guys are seen as the top of the top. There's no minor leagues. Like you, are the, you are the top professional softball and you have girls that are probably dealing with financial situations that have to still make things work on the side while still being asked to perform at your highest level. It's like, that's, you're not going to get the best out of these athletes. It's just not going to happen. And that's. Yeah. Like if you want to be touted as a professional organization, you need to treat the players right. You need to make sure that they're taken care of, that they're recovering right, that they have what they need to truly succeed. And like, I mean, it's it's a show. Put on the best show you can possibly give to the to the fan to the sport itself. And it's it's not it's just not going to happen with how they're how they're running. I don't think. It's but just, all the money goes towards college, which I mm-hmm. get right. You have the yeah. backing of the university. You have the pockets of the university. <laughs> ESPN yep. is going to want to push Mm -hmm. whatever school so it's like i get that it's just how do we get that to come over to the professional side Mm -hmm. and i don't i don't know when that'll happen i i really do think it'll happen one day it's not going to be one when i'm playing um you know so that's unfortunate but like as long as i'm part of that process to getting there i think that that's important um even if I'm not reaping all the benefits of it, like I just, I want to be a part of it being done right because I've, I've seen so many different sides of pro softball. Yeah. Like I've seen the good, the bad, the ugly. And yeah. like, I got the same thing with sponsors. Like mm-hmm. I've had sponsors that have been good and bad. And so it's just like, there's a lot into it that like we do extra that, mm-hmm. you know, baseball players don't have to, they just have to play. We have yeah, to play. Mm-hmm. We have to look good. We have to, be somewhat of a lady like there's a little bit more that like <laughs> yeah, goes into it it's not the same i think that's that's crap to be honest with you i don't i don't agree with that but 
anyway, yeah, that's, I mean, yeah, y'all are held to much different standards than, than guys are. It's just, but that's, that's a whole other, that's a whole other discussion. Yeah. That's, that's a whole other discussion, but so we'll kind of break away from that. And I know that in 15, you played for Team USA, right? Was mm-hmm. it in 15 in Toronto? How? I played, yeah, was I it? played them a few times. I just, that one was the one when we went to, um, yeah. that was when we were in yeah, Toronto. For, Toronto, yeah. yeah. Was that your Was that your first time? No, I think that was my second. That might have been my first time with the women's team. Got you. I okay. That, yeah, because I was on the junior USA team as well. Yeah, when you were, in, when you were still at Michigan, right? Mm-hmm. Or was it before that? Yeah. Like freshman so, year. Freshman yeah. year, I think it was junior or... Yeah, and then later on it was women's. How was that representing the U.S.? How was that? Was that a, like an? I'm sure that like just just being able to be like I'm on the like U, Team USA like that's insane. How did that feel? It was awesome. It was yeah. really cool. I mean, I got to play with a bunch of other athletes from different universities that were mm-hmm. you know just as good, and yeah. we got to travel, play against international teams, like got to see how other countries do it. Yeah, and, I mean, you know, Japan was always super cool to watch. Like <laughs> yeah. they're just insane, like how elite they are and mm-hmm. they move as one and everything. And so, um, you know, I've got to travel a lot. I got to go to Japan and just yeah. kind of go all over the place. Softball is taking me everywhere. So it's yeah. just been, it's been really cool to be able to use a sport to explore and travel, but then, yeah, see playing the world. for team USA was awesome. Um, I actually also got to play for team Mexico with my sister. Oh, really? Awesome. Yeah. I, that, when was that? That was this past Olympics. Um, oh, wow. I didn't go to the Olympics, um, but I was coming off of my knee injury, so I wasn't quite right. there yet. Yeah, I was trying to play, but wasn't really going. Wasn't, wasn't happening. So how did? Well, I know I saw that you were injured. What? And it was ACL, right? You tore your ACL. ACL, medial, and lateral meniscus. Oh damn! You had a full blowout. Crap! Mm-hmm. How did that? Was it? Was you? Were you? Because I can't. I know I saw that you were hurt. What? What happened? Um, I was running into home. And you you create your area where you're about to slide. And then as I was like getting closer to slide, the catcher obstructed home and I should have, I should have just lowered a shoulder Yeah, and I didn't, I should have just lowered a shoulder and let that be the collision. But instead I tried to go around her. And when I did it that last minute, my knee came out. Because if you if you would have lowered, you probably would have been thrown out the game, and that would have been a whole. Is that is that y'all aren't allowed it, it to take even, out? It catchers, wasn't even right? that I was worried about that. I mean, I don't. If at this point, if if you obstruct, I'm not. Yeah. I'm choosing my knee over you. Yeah, so. absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> you know, no. In that moment, though, I was you know it was dumb too because it was a scrimmage, but oh, my competitiveness was took, coming took, took out, the best and I wanted you, yeah. to be safe, mm-hmm. and so I was like. I'm going to do a slide by. I'm going to yeah. try to get around her. And it was just last minute. Again, I yeah. should have just taken her out or bumped into Dang. her or mm-hmm. tried to stop, I guess. But I was yeah, just like giving up. Speed. Yeah. So. That's one. Of, and that's the hardest thing is like when you're especially like the play at home is like that's a big you, know, you see people get hurt all the time on slides at home or trying to figure out because you have like it's not till you get like within like a certain distance where you're like, OK, in your head, you're sitting here watching it. It's like, okay, I have like three split second options I can make here. I can go through, I can go, you have like, you're playing them in your head as you're taking that step. And I'm sure that that was extremely hard to even fathom. Like, should I just, you know, you don't want to give yourself up because you don't want to look like you gave up. You don't want to go into somebody because of the repercussions that happens afterwards or you cause a bodily harm or injury to the the catcher itself because that's Mm -hmm. always, that can always be bad. Or it's like, or your case, I'm going to try to try my best to do this and then you end up hurting yourself. That's, that sucks. And what was the, What was the recovery like? Was there surgery involved? I'm sure there was to repair the ACL and the other yeah. pieces. And I actually what, had a, yeah. three procedures. Um, oh, three. Mine didn't. Mine Dang. didn't heal up correctly. Um, oh. I had the ACL, 
and then the medial and lateral meniscus surgery all in one. Mm-hmm. And then I started recovery, <coughs> started PT, most painful thing I've ever been through. Um, Can imagine. I thought I was a big baby, but then I felt better because <laughs> like I was like getting to the point where I was crying every day, like at physical therapy when Jeez. they were like bending my knee and stuff mm-hmm. and it hurt so bad. And I was like, dang, I'm a, I'm a wimp. And then some football player came in with like the same injury and he was crying. So I was like, okay. I feel you're not the only one. Yeah, you're good. Yeah. You're good. Um, I was like, maybe I'm not, but, um, it didn't heal correctly. I, um, I got a bunch of scar tissue buildup in my knee, mm. which is like very rare. It's called, um, arthrofibrosis and it's just the way my body heals. It didn't heal correctly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'd never had a serious injury like that. Um, obviously I had my shoulder, yeah, which but that, also yeah. builds a lot of cartilage, but it was different. Um, so I remember I was like, man, something's wrong with my knee. It doesn't feel right. And, you know, even my surgeon was like, no, like everything is fine. It looks good. It looks strong. Yeah. Just keep pushing through it. And I'm like, I don't think you understand. Like I would be at physical therapy every day for like three hours and just to get my legs straight because I was walking and my knee was like constantly bent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like my walking was not correct. Like I was walking on my tippy toe on my left side and walking normal on my right. So like once I actually recovered, (laughs) I had to like not relearn how to walk, but like walk heel toe. Right. Yeah. You have to to retrain your mind. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so finally, I remember I, I was luckily my surgeon gave me his number. So I was texting him and I was like, I want to scan. I need an MRI. Mm -hmm. I don't care. I will pay for it. I need it yeah, because yeah. this is either mental and I need to see that nothing is wrong with me or mm-hmm. there's something wrong. Yeah. So I went and got the MRI and something did come back and they were like, we need to, you know, you go it, in yeah. again. Yeah. And so they were like, we can do a couple of things. We can go in your knee or we can um, put you under and do a manipulation. So mm. never look up things before you go in for procedures. Cause, Cause I I'm sure that scared you yeah. Yeah. before I went and got it done. And they basically put you out. The doctor's literally all like on the bed, like getting your knee, like slamming it down and like breaking <laughs> oh through things, like oh, man. breaking through the cartilage. And I was like, this is what they're going to do to me. And so he didn't want to go in and scope it because yeah. he was afraid my knee would just build it back up again. Yeah. So he was like, we need to break it. Like not my knee, but like break the cartilage. Yeah. You're going to break so it up. They knocked me out, did that procedure. I felt really good after I was like, wow, I have so much more range of motion. I'm good. Mm -hmm. And then not even a couple months later, I was out fielding and hitting and I still felt restricted. And I was like, I'm not running full speed and I'm still in pain. Like, yeah. And finally, for me, the last call was I'll never forget. I was sitting in my house watching a movie and my knee was hurting so bad. And I was like, what the heck? Like, maybe it's just sore from all the training and stuff Mm -hmm. I'm doing. And, um, I went back and I had a side, uh, it's called a Cyclops lesion. Mm-hmm. So like my kneecap is right here and there was like stuff all around it. So that's why I couldn't ever extend. Yeah. It was being blocked. Being held and up. So yeah. I, they had to go in and just like scope and Scrape clean that, that out. So mm-hmm. we had, that was another procedure I had to do Gosh. another recovery. And then the atrophy I had in my left leg, like I still oh, deal man. with the atrophy now, like, it's, it's really hard for me to build muscle in my legs. I build mm-hmm. it easy from the waist up. Yeah. I can build muscle like that. For me, the waist down, it's like super hard for me to build muscle. It always has been. That's strange. And so it just, that atrophy was bad. And it took a while because I did the quad tendon mm-hmm. for my recovery. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it was very sensitive right there. 
Anytime yeah. I would squat, you know, do any That's drills tough. on yeah. my knees. So like sometimes it was partially mental because you would yeah. be like, oh, it hurts. It hurts but so then, bad that you don't want to feel it again. So you, you were, you were strict. You, you just don't want to. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to do it. You, you mean, almost like lean to your right more. So you're like <laughs> trying to yeah, yeah. help it. And I'm like, well, that's not good. No, because that's going to create a whole other slew of problems or, yeah, that's, I mean, that's what they say. Normally when something hurts, it's not that actual thing that hurts or something else happening. So mm-hmm. that makes, I will that's... say though, ACL is definitely mental. A big part of it is mental. Yeah, I bet. Even though I did have things wrong with me, like it's mentally a lot. Dang. Does that still, to this day, do you still have issues with it or is it fully, is it fully healed? Are there days that maybe like it still acts up a little bit on you or is it pretty much good now well i already have arthritis in my knee so that's fun i mean that was kind of expected (laughs) i was hoping i would get a little bit more time before that developed yeah the arthritis is there it's really me just learning how to manage it which i I have you know there's certain supplements i take to help Mm -hmm. there's certain stretching i do there's certain exercises i do to try to take away some of that pain um and i'll just have to do those forever i mean the surgeon said the same thing if you just if you want your knee to not hurt you can never stop moving so yeah, you, you lose it. To, yeah. Yeah. You need to bike. You need to always be doing it even after I retire. Like I need to stay active yeah. just to prevent it from hurting. Mm-hmm. Um, the good news is I live somewhere hot. So if I was in the <laughs> cold, whenever I'm in the cold, my knee hurts yeah. all the time. Oh, I bet. I bet. That's why Florida, Florida is a perfect fit for you. The exactly. perfect fit. <laughs> That's why I'm not leaving. There you go. Yeah. So, so kind of going into the, I know you have one year of coaching at Oregon now. Mm-hmm. I know that was that in between your playing years. I was, was still that, playing, but it was you in were still playing. contracts. Gotcha. Yeah, so okay. I didn't. It was it was the end of one of my contracts, and I didn't know what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. I didn't know if they were going to resign me. I didn't know if they would resign me. If they were going to keep my contract the same, go lower, um, because I also knew that I wasn't willing to go lower. Like right, anything yeah, lower than yeah. what I was making wasn't worth playing. Yeah, so me. you're setting up you're and, setting up something in the future, basically. Yeah. yeah, I was setting myself up for something else. I wanted to try it out because you know I always thought I wanted to coach, but I wasn't mm-hmm. sure. Um, so I wanted to give it a shot, and mm-hmm. I had got a call from Melissa Lombardi, and mm-hmm. she's a legend, and she was making the move yeah. to Oregon, and I was like, why not? Sure, yeah. Oregon, so, the university is awesome. I mean, that's oh, it was I beautiful. saw it. I went I, a couple of years teaching. ago. Oh yeah, it's. I love Oregon, Oregon. We went to, I've been to Portland. I've been to a couple other places around and it's beautiful. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. So was, how, was so fun. how was that coaching experience? It was fun. Um, mm-hmm. We had a rough year that year. There was a lot of stuff that happened and went mm-hmm. on, but like, I loved it. I loved yeah. the coaching staff. You know, I, I really liked enjoying like getting to know the girls, the different personalities, like it tested me in a different way. Like, you know, I wasn't their teammate, so I had to find different ways to like communicate and Mm -hmm. get through to them or like, you know, get my point across. Um, It definitely helped that I still played. Like there was something I was trying to show them how to do it. Like I could, I could actually do it. Yeah. Um, I mean, I would practice with them. Coach Lombardi would be like, Romero, get your gloves, go out there. there. Yeah. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Let me stretch real quick. But, um, (laughs) You know, it was, yeah, I had a ton of fun. I think the biggest thing for me, the reason why I decided not to at that time was um, they redid my contract and it ended up being a multi-year contract. So they oh, actually signed me for three more years. So I was like, I don't think I can balance the two. No, there's no you know, way. That no. year I was like, if I was focusing more on coaching, I didn't focus on my yeah, softball. Yeah, on your performance, yeah, on your play. Yeah. If I focused on softball and playing, 
coaching took a hit. So mm-hmm. I was like, I just don't think I, it's fair for me to do this because one of them is going to get less. And I don't yeah. want that. So now that you're, sorry, you're still in your playing days. I know that. Mm-hmm. Um, when it ends though, at, given, well, yeah, I mean, well, let's say that you never know. You never know. You never know. But is coaching something that you think you'll end up revisiting at some point? I don't know. Um, I feel like I get asked that a lot. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I think everybody has a lifestyle that they want to mm-hmm. live. And right. yes, I have a certain lifestyle that I would love to live. Yeah. I just don't know that. I don't know that coaching fits it. It doesn't mean I'm opposed gotcha. to it because mm-hmm. if it's the right university, if it's the right coaching staff and the right atmosphere, I think yeah. that I would be willing to be like, let's do this mm-hmm. and I'll be all in and it'll be great. Um, but I really think it has to be the right move because I mean, any coach will tell you this. It's, 24 yeah, seven eight Coaching o'clock, is... 10 o'clock at night, you know, mm-hmm. your, your mind never turns off from softball. You're traveling. You, you know, I want to have a family. I want to do all these mm-hmm. things. I'm going to miss out on, you know, maybe my kids growing up. Like mm-hmm. there's so much more that goes into it. Yeah. Um, and I enjoy weekends. I enjoy being able to <laughs> yeah. go to the beach and have a beach day when I want to, mm-hmm. you know, going on a spontaneous trip to my last one was a trip to Dallas to go there out go. in the city and hang out with people. Cool. And like, so like I enjoy that freedom, which is why it would have to be like the right. It would be the, the perfect, the perfect, the perfect thing for it. Yeah, I feel yeah. that. I feel that. I think a lot of people, because that's something that I always ask, like especially players or guys that are ending the near the, the end of their career. They're like, because their lives have been so invo- like involved in sports and in baseball, whether it be baseball or softball or whatever it is. Um, coaching is always, I think, as an athlete, it's always something that's in the back of your mind. You may think about it, like I might, I might do this, I might not. But then there's some people who are just like, coaching is just like, I'm just like, no, I'm never doing it. Like once the game's done, it's done. Um, so I just figured I'd ask. You never know. I saw you had it on your on your resume. You're like a coach for a year. I was like, well, maybe she, maybe she'll want to do it. I don't know. You know, that's something that you know, like for it's me, a good thing it's, to note because you learn a lot. Like, yeah, you can really correlate it to the business mm-hmm. side. Like me yeah. working with sponsors, like it's definitely made me more business savvy. So like, mm-hmm. that's a big reason why I put it on there. But like, as far as coaching goes, like, like Sydney, my sister, mm-hmm. she's the hitting coach at Duke. Mm-hmm. She is a coach like through and through. Yeah. Like you, when I look at her, when I watch her do these things, like, did I enjoy every moment that I was on the field coaching? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I loved it. But Sydney loves it in a different way. Yeah. Like, the thing, the hesitations I have, I don't feel like she has. I'm sure she mm-hmm. thinks about it. Oh, yeah. Thinks about it. Like, I wish I had a weekend off. I wish I had time off. <laughs> yeah. Cindy, Everybody like, does. She yeah. might think that, but she doesn't care. Like, I, I, I do mm-hmm. care. Like, I, mm-hmm. I enjoy my freedom. Like, yeah. you know, I just, that, that's just me. But I also, it sucks because I do love coaching. Mm-hmm. So it would be awesome if I could figure that out. But mm-hmm. we'll see because I also know I don't ever want to do something half-assed. So, yeah, you know, I don't, I don't yeah, want to do you. it and be like, I don't know. That's not fair to the players. It's not fair to the coaching staff. So that's why it has to be that like perfect fit for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think coaching is, it's, it's one of those things because as a player, it's like it comes and it's like, but you still get that off time because you're, you're required to have an off season. Some don't have an actual off season, but most do. So you can still take those vacations and kind of like decompress from the game and then come back. But coaching is like, it's, 20, you're right. It's 24 seven, 365, man. Like it doesn't stop because you're recruiting. You're looking at how ways to better your coaching, your coaching staff, your coaching style. You're all, there's just, it just doesn't end. So I know, I know exactly what you're talking about, which is also a reason why I stepped back from coaching. Cause I, I've been asked 
you know, just in San Antonio, I just know a lot of people that have asked me to coach. Now I coach like middle school kids just because I'm like, I can give back to these kids at school that I went to and it's a spring and I can cut it at the spring. I don't have to worry about summer ball. I don't have to worry about fall, you know, finding hiring a coach for my fall kids and then coaching in the spring. It's just like, that's a whole, mm-hmm. no, not for me, not for me. So I know exactly what you mean. So going into your sponsorships, I know you, you just recently signed a deal with Rawlings. You and mm-hmm. I forgot the other, the other one you saw. Josh John, there it is. Oh, that's, I knew it was A-L-A-L-A, <laughs> one of those two. Yeah. <laughs> that's what it was. Yeah. So how did, how did that happen? I know, are you, are you, have you been like kind of going into brands? What gloves and stuff? Have you been a Rawlings girl your whole life moving up or was it kind of like I actually, a, in between? I, or, um, wow. I, I grew up using, I did have a Rawlings glove when I was younger, but my travel ball team was sponsored by Wilson and DeMarini. And then Michigan mm, okay. was also sponsored by Wilson right, and DeMarini. Yeah, so I kind of just got to stick with that the whole time. Mm-hmm. And then Wilson DeMarini signed me after I graduated. Okay. So I was actually signed to them for about six years. I think it was, mm-hmm. um, yeah. you know, I, I, it was great. I had a, um, I had my own glove, the SR 32, yeah. mm-hmm. um, came out with we, different models and stuff, like color it. styles. Yeah. Oh, really? We had it for a while. Yeah, we did. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, and then, you know, the business set, like just business stuff didn't yeah. add up and mm-hmm. I didn't feel like I was getting things that I deserved and that I had mm-hmm. earned. Um, and I decided to, you know, bet on myself again. And I talked to my agent and I was like, let's see what else is out there. Cause I'm not comfortable resigning. And mm-hmm. so we went and explored and, you know, he pitched me to some companies and then Rawlings wanted to meet with me. And mm-hmm. so we had a meeting with them, their staff, me and my agent, um, I talked to them about like my vision for softball and what I wanted to right. do. And, mm-hmm. you know, if they were going to sign me, like I didn't just want to be a, here's a check and yeah. have me walk mm-hmm. away. Like I, I'm not interested in that type of partnership at this point in my mm-hmm. career. Um, I, I would much rather just not have a partnership than just pay for a glove. Like I, I would just <laughs> yeah, rather seriously. do that than yeah, have to yeah. deal with everything else. Right. So they had <clears> the same vision. Um, they told me that they were looking to sign another athlete as well. And, um, at the time, I don't believe I knew it was, um, Jossie, but once I found out, I was like, this is awesome. Like, yeah, this it'd be is super cool. cool. Yeah. Um, so same thing with Rawlings, like, you know, I got the, the bat, the glove and, you know, we have some fun stuff like in the works, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. that will be coming out, I think this year. So mm-hmm. I just, you know, I just, am, I just really want to be with companies that can like keep progressing forward and pushing forward. Yeah. And the second I feel like we're retracting and going back, like, yeah, I don't want to go back. So mm-hmm. I just move. I, I will yeah. move away. I, I'll mm-hmm. um, remove myself. There you go. I mean, Rawlings and the good thing about we do, obviously we do a lot of business with Rawlings. I mean, we're, they're one of our top vendors. Um, they're just, a, I, I mean, I'm, I've always used Rawlings. So I'm like kind of partial to it. I'll be honest with you, but I think oh, I'm that not going to lie. Just, the glove is amazing. Oh, Once I put it on. Yeah, I was like, they oh, are. Shoot, I didn't realize. Yeah. So do you have your own model in that glove too now? I, there will be oh, one. Okay. Well, there we go. We'll, we'll, we'll leave it at that then. We won't go further there. But <laughs> um, yeah, I just like Rawlings is just the way that they run, the way that they operate, the way they conduct themselves as a company, like the people that we worked with, like they're just, to the, they're top tier. Rawlings is, they're awesome guys. They always take care of their, their vendors. They take care of their athletes. As you know, I mean, Rawlings is as big as they are. They don't get as big as they are with being a shit company. I mean, you just know mm-hmm. that. So I'm proud of you. That's awesome. Is that I, can't, I guess we can't really say anything else on it, you know, comparing it to other people, but I'm sure that that's oh, it's going to be the best fast pitch glove that's out there. Oh, there you go. So you heard, I it mean, here. it will be, it's for fast pitch players. It's made for you. It is comfortable. It's light. I mean, there's things about the glove. I was like, I don't want it to weigh more than this much. I want mm-hmm. the fingers this way for the female hand. Like 
you know, I didn't want any Velcro because I just <laughs> think that that's <laughs> yeah, I don't like that either. Game. Yeah, like, no, no. get rid of the Velcro. Let's do like more mature looking. Like yeah. the glove, like the colorway, I think is like simple and perfect. I wanted it to be very neutral to go with all people's teams. Mm-hmm. And then moving forward, I'd like to get a little more crazy with yeah. the color combos. But for the yeah. first one, I wanted it to just really be be a traditional that natural yeah. good look. Yeah. Um, there's a little bit of like a, you know, spark on it just because I feel like I had to have a little flashiness on it. A little flair to it. Yeah. Yeah, A little bit. It's not totally boring. (laughs) No, not totally. There's going to be a little flash. So I, you know, I'm excited about that to come out and then, um, they've been great. So I'm excited to, to work with them. This will be the first full year working with them. And then, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I have a couple other sponsors. Like I just signed with G form. Awesome. Okay. G is awesome. So, you know, they're diving into fast pitch now Mm -hmm. and, there's some really cool guards coming out for fast yeah. pitch players. Um, well, they have some yeah. pretty interesting designs already. I've seen some of their stuff. Their stuff's mm-hmm. pretty cool. Yeah, I'm a big fan. I've had. I feel <laughs> like I've you know gotten to really interact with a lot of different sponsors, different type mm-hmm. of sponsors. But like, you know, I've been with New Balance forever, and New Balance, New yeah. Balance has New been Balance. amazing. Oh yeah, they're they're awesome. You know, they I made a cleat and a turf with them, mm-hmm. um, and then we have some more stuff coming out and. Uh, it's pretty cool. Wait, so you have a cleat and a turf with New Balance? Is that out yet? Uh, it's already. It was already out, and like they don't sell it now anymore. Dang. Okay, that may have been before. I was like, if we if you have a cleat and a turf, and I don't know about this, I'm gonna have to make. Yeah, the, it was the um, it was the Romero. It was called okay. the Romero. Might have. It, it might have been before I got turf here, trainer and a cleat. That's awesome. That's so cool. I bet like, and that's something that like a lot of people, like, I mean, I, I tell people all the time, like to have, like, how does it feel to know that like these companies that you grow up playing with that you, you use your whole life, like they have a model for you. How does, how does that feel? I'm sure that feels, um, that's insane. You can't even fathom sometimes. It doesn't, it doesn't even feel real sometimes. Like, yeah, I'm like, Whoa, I had, I had a, you know, glove with so-and-so and a, getting a glove here. And then this shoe and cleat, I'm like, it's insane. These are yeah. things I dreamed about, but like, I didn't yeah. know they would happen. Um, and what's <laughs> yeah. even cooler is, you know, the new balance thing I get to do with my sister this year. So, Oh, that's awesome. Know, she's that's she's so signed cool. with new balance as well. And the things we have coming out are things that both her and I created. And that is so on. cool. So that's it so became awesome. Like a whole family thing. Awesome. So I have to ask, so have you and your sister ever like played, I know you said you played that one year for team Mexico with her. Uh, is her playing career over? Is she just, I know you said she's a hitting coach she's at Duke still playing. now. She's still playing too? Okay. Mm-hmm. She's, yeah, she's still playing. What team does she play for? She's with Athletes Unlimited as well. Oh, okay, cool. And, and give so me a little bit more. Okay, so give me a little more background on that. So before, you know, we've only got a little bit longer. Um, so Athletes Unlimited, what what exactly is that? Because you hear of you, AAA Pride, I think there's a couple more teams I've heard of. I'm not super mm-hmm. versed in pro softball. So can you give us a little bit more on, on what Athletes Unlimited is and how they kind of conduct themselves? <laughs> yeah. So the biggest difference with AU is it's a point system. Mm-hmm. So think of like fantasy football and like mm-hmm. all these things that you guys, you know, get super invested in. Mm-hmm. So what's kind of cool about us is there's a draft every week. So you're mm-hmm. never on the same team. Ooh. You're constantly getting drafted to different teams. There's, you know, different, like different color teams. Mm-hmm. This last season, there was blue, gold, purple, and what else? I'm missing a color. Orange. Okay. Um, and so you would get drafted to one of those teams and then you have like two days to get comfortable with each other, figure out a lineup, <laughs> yeah. figure out who's playing. Yeah. Um, and there's this whole point system. So, you know, you get a single 10 points, double mm-hmm. 20, you know, triple 30, That's home so run cool. 40. 
Um, but you also get points for winning every inning. If your mm-hmm. team wins that inning by scoring more runs than the opposing team, you guys mm-hmm. won. And now your whole team collectively gets points. So wow. I know in the past people are like, well, how does it not become like individual? Like, how does it not become like an individual selfish thing? And I'm like, well, it's because you get points, you get even more points for winning games and winning innings, things that involve everybody working together. Yeah. So that's how they balance it out. And our games are on ESPN and we play that's out of so Chicago cool. and it's, they're really fun to watch and they're really fun to play in. Do you think, so I know you're saying about this whole point system. Do you think that that brings like, not only like more excitement from your point of, from like you guys playing, it's like, Oh, y'all are going to go for like all the points. Like, cause that just makes it like, that just sounds fun. Like I would want to do that. And I don't even play anymore. Like, that just sounds well, there's fun. different strategy. Like there yeah. is like, cause sometimes like if your team is just, you know, not, doing well that day you're like you know what let's win the inning like who cares if we even win this game let's get some points for the whole team by Mm -hmm. winning the inning yeah yeah. there can be like a strategy behind it of like you know what even if we lose this game we're going to get all these points because there's teams there were teams i remember during season they lost every inning every inning and then they won the game in the in the seventh inning they just put it all together in the last one that's crazy but but then you walk away and both teams got a ton of points. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you can't really even be mad sometimes when you lose. Cause you're like, we won every inning. There's, there's like, a benefit. Yeah. There's something to yeah, take away. So yeah. It's, That's it's crazy. a different strategy. It's, it's fun though, because especially when like it gets towards the end and there's like the top 10 or top 15 mm-hmm. people are trying to jump cause they want to yeah. win as like the best player or they want to get top three. So you know, there's so much strategy and people are like just doing crazy things because they're like, yeah. I want to win. You know, I want to get top three. I want us to win. So it was a lot yeah. of fun. That's super awesome. I think that, that that's a different twist on softball, but I think it brings more excitement to it. And like, obviously more people are going to be more invested in the different aspects of it. That's awesome. I Honestly, I'd never heard of it. I knew that there were different leagues, but I didn't know that that's how it went down. That's so cool. That's yeah, you so guys cool. gotta. You'll have to tell your followers to check out. They have their Instagram. Yeah, we'll tag, them. Um, we'll tag them. We'll tag them. and they can go follow along. And they do all kinds of sports. They but they only do female sports, which is something yeah, that's yeah. pretty cool. That's they that's got um, volleyball, yeah. basketball, lacrosse, softball, and I know that they're probably looking to add more sports in the future. That's awesome. Well, that's good that it gives you guys an exclusivity point to it. I mean, it's just female only. Gives more eyes to it, so there's no drawbacks. There's no takeaways. That's that's super awesome. That's super awesome. Cool. Yeah, so it's been really I know, cool so far. Yeah. So we're approaching the hour. I want to make sure that we don't keep you too long. I'm sure you got things you got going on. But so what? What else is going on with you? I know you mentioned your your sister plays or coaches at Duke, and she also plays in athletes unlimited. Your brother, who I'm going to have to mm-hmm. reach out and see if we can get him on here at some point because he just <laughs> got drafted in the first round by the Red Sox, right? Mm-hmm. Red Sox was it? Yeah. So you've got yeah. a pretty elite stud family. I mean, y'all, y'all you're are missing. You're even missing one sister. I have the youngest one, Sophia. She's a oh. senior. She's okay. committed to Boise State for softball. Oh wow! Another so it just runs in your blood at this point. Another yeah, y'all softball. just yeah. just y'all just breed athletes down there in, in California. How, how before we before we get into the ending of it, so has there been like I guess as a family unit, right? As you guys come together, is there a massive competitive energy when y'all get together as <laughs> all of you guys? Yes, I mean if yeah. you there's a video that Perfect Game did on my mm. brother's draft day. Yeah. And even in that video, like my brother is <laughs> talking about how he's the best athlete and me and like the other girls are like, just looking at Are him, you like, sure though? Really? You, sure? <laughs> you might make the most money. That doesn't mean you're the best athlete. <laughs> like, That's very true. You're like, you know, so we were just kind of like saying, you know, going back and forth. I mean, Sydney and I, we're only three years apart. So yeah. 
we would race who could get to the car first. It was just a competition. Yeah. Just that's awesome. We we always are. I mean, it's, it's like a healthy competition. It's a very Mm -hmm. good amount of smack talk. Always. Yeah. Um, but it's fun. And you know, I definitely think that our parents will like sometimes egg it on. Like they'll be like, Ooh, what are you going to say to that? What do you, what do you got to that? So that's so awesome though. That's so cool. But I mean, having a family athletes like that, I'm sure is an intense situation, but I'm sure it's awesome. It's fun. That's, that's crazy. But so as we, as we get to the end here, what any, the floor is yours, anything you want to say about what you have going on, you know, what's, what you've got coming up. I know you had kind of hinted at a few things you're, you're doing with Rawlings. I know they just released that new, did you have anything to say with that new mantra plus they just released? That thing looks awesome. I saw it for the first time this past weekend. It looks awesome. And it it seems like it's really, I haven't gotten to swing it yet. I actually, it's in the mail. It's coming to me now. So I will be doing, you know, like a video and all that stuff once I have it just to give like a little review on it, of course. Mm -hmm. Um, But it should be in the mail coming to me now um, because I start my training actually next week. So I will be much more active on social media and sharing Mm -hmm. my workouts, me hitting sponsorship stuff. Um, I like, you know, during the off season, I can kind of take a step back and not have yeah. to do all that 24 seven, mm-hmm. but I'll be picking up with some of that, you know, just to share those things for sponsors and, um, all the new stuff they have coming out. But, uh, you know, I'm really excited about my new, um, G form sponsorship coming out with fast pitch stuff, getting it more into fast pitch players hands yeah. because I know it's big in baseball. Um, mm-hmm. and I really like their guards, yeah. um, super comfortable and, you know, very protective, yeah. um, yeah, I'm trying to think what else. Like, I'm excited about Rawlings and season. I think the biggest thing is, um, you know, I also work with Players Collective, so mm-hmm. which is oh, a, cool. a sports yeah, yeah. agency uh-huh. for female yeah. athletes. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm. It's funny. I'm playing, and I'm also some of these pro You're softball advising, players' yeah. agent as well. Yeah, so, that's so cool. Yeah. But but you have so much to offer them because you've seen the game for not only for the last, you know, 10 years, you've seen how the game evolves and how it's played. So you have so much to offer these people coming up. I think that that's super important that you're giving back to the athletes that are also on the, on the come up that may, that may need help that maybe you didn't get when you were coming up. So I think that that's, that's actually really cool. That's awesome. Yeah. I just feel like if, you know, if anyone's going to be able to push and ask for, for more money, like I think that I'm more than capable of doing that. I don't, I don't care (laughs) about being the bad guy. Like I'll ask, especially if I think that it's something that they, they deserve. And Mm -hmm. I'll also give them my opinion if I think that it's a bad deal and then I'll let them decide if they want that money or if they want to try to go get more somewhere else. Cause I think that investing in companies that invest in you is really important. And that's how you build those really good relationships. And like, again, it's not just a, here's a check and walk away Mm because there's no, that doesn't help softball. It doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't. It might put some money in your pocket and that's great, but you're doing softball right now a disservice if you're just taking a check and walking away. Yeah. No, I agree. I think that, I think that that's a perfect way to end it. I think that's a perfect segue to the end. Perfect. Um, just, giving back to the game itself and trying to make softball grow because I'm a huge advocate for it as well. Like I've, I try to push as many people as we can. We're, we're trying to grow our, obviously our softball side here. You know, we, you know, we have softball.com and we do a lot of work with obviously Rawlings and we, we're trying to get more people like you, like your sister, like Monica Abbott. We're trying to get as many people in here to give as much information they can about softball to just grow the sport. Cause it is an extremely fun sport to watch. It's entertaining. It's fast paced. It's not like baseball where it's like, super sometimes it can be so drawn out and slow like y'all are y'all are so fast everything's so compact and close that y'all are you know making all kinds of crazy play i just i love watching softball it's so 
there's times where I'd, I'd rather watch softball than watch a college baseball game, to be honest with you. Like I just, it's just much more entertaining and fun to watch, but, but thank you so much here for coming on. We really appreciate it. You're doing great things. You've done amazing things. And I'm sure that there's much more. I know you said your playing career is kind of going towards the end, but I think that there's a lot more left in the tank for you, to be honest with you. Um, but yeah, thank you so much. This episode will actually be available on Spotify, Apple podcasts, YouTube, anywhere you can find or listen to podcasts. Um, yeah, so it'll be out and just letting you know as well. You don't have to hang up right away. I'll give you some, some pointers <laughs> at the end. But um, this one will be out, I think, mid towards the end of February because we've got some episodes okay. lined up. So this will be out here in a bit. But thank you, everybody, for watching, and we will be sure to catch you in the next one.